Hey everybody, this is James, and this is a special edition of Theology on Call. It is now March the 2nd, 2022, and this is the first live video I've done since the September of uh, the last week of September last year, and um, I've not been doing well physically and some other things, so uh, I just appreciate all of your patience and your prayers. Uh, this is sort of out of the blue, but we um, are not meeting and teaching midweek right now, and uh, won't be for the next few months. Uh, but Lord willing, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming, if I can say it that way, uh, in the very near future. But I wanted to get on tonight and talk a minute because uh, I talk to a lot of people every day, all the time, and throughout the day. And I have been inundated over the last few weeks, especially since um, all of the things going on um, over in Europe and in Ukraine. And uh, I've been inundated by people saying, you know, why am I so fearful? How is God in control? Um, and, you know, what am I supposed to do with these things? What's going to happen to the economy? What's going to happen to my children? Uh, how are we going to survive? Uh, what happens if this happens? And what happens if that happens? And what are we supposed to do? And what does the Bible say? And the list goes on and on. And I, I tell you, it's, it, I would love to have the leisure to just sit and talk and, and read and write and respond. But life is extremely busy. And our household, we have a lot of responsibilities uh, because we have five children and we have a grandchild and we have all sorts of things that uh, we have to take care of and um, with our immediate family and our extended family and we have a church family and we have a community at large that we're responsible for. And so we're just extremely busy uh, at this season in life, more so than we've probably ever been. And it is a lot of ministry. It is also a lot of hands-on things. So I'm not going to have time to promise to do a lot of um, broadcasting. And as you'll notice, I'm not broadcasting this on Facebook Live. Uh, I'm just going to be doing this on YouTube now. So this channel is going to be the only place that you'll find it. Um, and then you can share it on the other social platforms. But uh, for the for the most part, only the Sunday teaching is going to be streamed on the social media platforms outside of YouTube. So for that, uh, let's just get started tonight. Nothing formal, nothing fancy. Um, I just want to talk about God and His sovereignty. And so as we are thinking about all that we've gone through over the last two years, and as a, as a world, not just as a culture, as a country, but a, a, the world, the world has seen things that it has never experienced in our living lifetime, although it has seen these things and worse throughout history. For we who are alive this day, uh, this is some of the most difficult seasons and some of the most, uh, some of the oddest circumstances we've ever been in, and so we're we're we don't know what to do. And I know a lot of people look to clergy, look to pastors, preachers, etc., counselors, doctors, law enforcement, um, all sorts of civil servants and, and and people of that nature, and they all want answers. And there's something we need to understand as believers. So I'm going to be talking from a point of view as if you are a believer. And, uh, you know, to, not to assume anything, but I'm just letting you know. So some things that I say are going to take for granted that you understand the basics of the gospel. That is the good report of what God has done for his people. God has finished the work of salvation for his people through Jesus Christ. This was prophesied through the scriptures. This was given to the first humans who were created for the sole purpose of God saving a people for himself. 
and uh, the, the the good report is indeed good news, and we call that God's gospel, which is a transliterated word from the old Anglo word godspel, which means good speech or good talk or good report. And so we, we, we call it gospel now because that's sort of the way it ended up in the vernacular being, and now it's written. But it's truly what Jesus Christ, who is the God of heaven in human form, came to earth to save his people from their sins through his substitutional death, his substitutionary death. In other words, he stood in our place for the ways of sin, and you know this, beloved, and then he was raised to life because he was not sinful. And so therefore he did not deserve death, but he took death in our place. And he proved that by being raised to life, took his life, laid it down and took his life and brought it back again so that we could be assured of the promises that are found in the Bible concerning this gospel, concerning this eternal life to which no person can receive, no person can act upon in any way that would make God save them. So salvation is all of grace, it is all of Christ, it is all of God, and it is all a gift and a finished work. And that's, I don't want to get into all of that, but this is important because, beloved, if you find yourself in Christ today, if you are resting in Him by the gift of faith, which is resting in the proclamation of this good news and the efficacy of it. That means that it worked, that it did something. God has done that by His Spirit. It's not something you can muster in your own mind. It's not a decision that you've made to say, yeah, check the boxes. It is literally and divinely a work of God in you to rest and have assurance in the blood of Christ and His death for your sins, knowing what the Bible teaches, even in a simple way, about this predestinary election and the, the sovereign and free grace of God through His Son, Jesus, who is the Christ, the holy anointed one sent from Him. So without any more hesitation, let's get to the matter at hand. Tonight I want to talk about sovereignty. And this is not going to be an hour. It may not even be 15 minutes, though I've probably already talked that long. But I want to talk about sovereignty. And I want to talk about sovereignty from the position of, of Scripture in a general sense. And then I want to get very specific on some application. So as we look at the Word of God and we see the Scripture teaching about sovereignty, we see Isaiah chapter 46, starting in verse 8, where the Word says, Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, from the ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish my purpose, calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country. I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. Now, beloved, for those of you who know about Isaiah and that he was a prophet, that means he spoke for God. God sent him to speak to a specific circumstance, occasion, and people. Uh, of course, his people. and um, But, I mean, his people of that time. Uh, it's, it's hard to really grasp this in, in some ways. But, uh, beloved, we are able to look at the Word of God and see the promise of God revealed to us of Himself. Who is He? God's Word tells us who He is. And the Scripture there in Isaiah 46, and, it's, and it couples, and I'll show you just a couple of things. It's not an exhaustive night. I just want to encourage you, Christian. I want to encourage you, believer. I want to encourage you, elect, beloved child of God, 
to not fear because God is sovereign. That means that God is the ruler of God is in control of. God is fulfilling his decrees. God is accomplishing his purposes. Whether the wind blows or a bird flies or a bomb falls, God is in control of it all. He has purposed it all. He has decreed it all. And everything is going according to his will, according to his plan, and according to his purpose. That's what that scripture just taught us in Isaiah 46. Um, and, and then there's other places that we can look in scripture that, that teach us that. We, we know that the Bible teaches that no one can thwart the plans of God, that no one can, can do anything that can, uh, that can change God's purposes and that God knows all things and he's all powerful. And, you know, all of these things that the scripture teaches us about our heavenly father, the scripture shows us in creation that there was nothing than out of nothing, God created everything and that God alone is the one and the only one who can create life out of nothing. And in that creation, he's the only one who can separate light from darkness. And in that separation, he alone has the power and the authority and the sovereignty to call what he deems good, good. And it is good because he called it good. And so, beloved, we even see the first humans and all the separation of the animals and the land and the water and the sky and the earth and the, di the night and the day and the planets and the sun and the solar system and the infinite cosmos and all of this stuff to prove God is proving and revealing himself as sovereign over all these things. And he rules over all that he does, and he rules over all his visible revelation, and he rules over everything, and this is called his glory. When we see him for who he is, this is called his glory. So God has established to reveal the fullness of his essence and his purposes, uh, which, is a, which is a reflection of who he is in all that he does. And so, beloved, when we get up every day, when we look at the world and we look at the news and we look at our health and it's a good report or a bad report, we have relationships and they fall apart or they stay together, whatever it may be, we pray that the Lord's will is done as Jesus taught us because that is the best possible outcome that could ever be, and that what God is purposing is taking place. Now, it may not feel good. It may not seem uh, like it's got a good outcome, but I promise you it does have a good outcome, and the outcome that is the greatest is that God is revealed through it. He's revealed to be sovereign. He's revealed to be all-knowing. He's revealed to himself in his work and in all the things that he has purposed. And so as we look at these things, the question is coming to mind probably for many of you, well, how do we know what God has purposed? Well, we don't know everything God has purposed, but we can look from now to this morning and then yesterday and then all the days and years back to the very first day of all things, and we can say, ah, God purposed all these things. He purposed all these things. Why did he do that? Because he knows best. And everything that he has purposed is after the counsel of his will, not my will, not a knowledge of what I might do. God doesn't look and learn about the future. He decrees the future. And so there's the second thing we need to understand that God is sovereign and he's sovereign and therefore he decrees all that takes place. And a decree is just basically stating, this is my purpose and it shall come to pass even if it's a bird flying from one place to another or a man walking from this place to the other place. That's the simplicity of what Isaiah 46.10 teaches us, is that God is in control of it. The scriptures teach us in Romans chapter 8. We can look at that together as we look here in Romans chapter 8, where the Bible shows us um, 
in verse 28, starting right here in verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And this next question that Paul asks here in Romans uh, is, then what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. It is So who is to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. And this is one of my favorite places in all of Scripture where it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Paul says, No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him, Jesus Christ, who loved us. For I am certain of this, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And without spending an hour on that, let me break it down for you very simply, is that the Scripture's teaching us there that God is sovereign in all things. He works all things after the counsel of His will. And even in the most horrifying circumstances that even take our lives, it is for our good and for His glory, and ultimately to our eternal joy, for we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And that nothing can separate us from the love of God. For God has loved us eternally and given us to his son who died on the cross in our place and only in our place. And that we are now secure and assured with great confidence to know that nothing, nothing, not even God himself can separate us from his love because God does not change. And it is not about who we are or what we've done to establish his love for us. His love has been for us before we were. And so with that, just be encouraged, encouraged. There is no war. There is no economic failing. There is no sickness or pandemic that can separate us from the love of God. And all of those things, as horrifying as they may be, and as frustrating and fearful as that may cause us to be, are in God's perfect plan for his people, which is ultimately to reveal himself as who he is. So God is in the business of exposing himself to be the good, great, sovereign, loving, gracious, and merciful God that he is. And he will do that for his people, even in the midst of great darkness. So God is sovereign over all things. He rules over all things, all of creation. And creation in and of itself proves that, that God is powerful and sovereign over all things. The scripture teaches us that God is sovereign over the world. He's sovereign over all the events and the happenings of the world. He's sovereign over every person in the world. Paul would write to the Romans and say that all authorities and all leaders and all governments have been established by God. The Bible will further teach us as we read all of it and begin to look and get this picture, we see this taught in separate 
places, but altogether, we know that there's not a king or queen or ruler or dictator or maniacal crazy person that's ever been in power that God did not place there for his purposes. And so God is sovereign and his decrees will be fulfilled. And for time's sake, I don't want to talk about determinism and all that kind of stuff, but let's just call this divine love, divine purpose, divine glory. God has purposed all these things for himself, and we as his children, as the beneficiaries of his loving grace, we are going to share in his glory, even as we share in the sufferings of Christ. So God is sovereign. God is in control. He rules and fulfills his decrees in war. Everything that's taking place, God has purposed and decreed. He's fulfilling his purposes in this pandemic. He's fulfilling his purposes with his people in his church. Even when bad things happen amongst Christ's people, even when we hear about people, uh, you know, supposedly should love one another, but they don't, even though it is sin when we do these things, God is sovereign over even our sin. And he works even these things out for his purposes. What man intends for evil he says to, uh, uh, Joseph says, speaking for the Lord, the Lord has intended for good. And that's after Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. Um, God used that evil to bring about the grace needed to save, the mercy needed to save his brothers and the nation in a famine. And so this is a picture of Christ, a picture of what Christ does and what Christ has accomplished for his people. Uh, so we see that God is sovereign over the persecution of the church. God is sovereign over the governments of the world. God is sovereign over elections. God is sovereign over the economies and all wealth. Every dollar that anybody has or doesn't have, it is because it is part of God's purposes for His for himself in the life of those people. And his purposes are all accomplished. And that should give us a lot of peace even in the midst of fear and frustration, doubt, uncertainty, and, 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 and destruction, we can have peace that surpasses, as Paul would tell the Philippians, all understanding. And so, beloved, I want you to think about that for a moment. I want you to read the book of Philippians. I want you to read the Gospel of John. I want you to read the Bible because in the reading, the simple discipline of reading or listening, if you're not a reader, you can listen. There's many audio options. You can listen to the Scripture, and the Spirit of God will teach you and comfort you and guide you and give you peace that surpasses all logical and, and worldly and fleshly understanding because it is the peace of God and is the peace of God to us, His people. And beloved, most of all, and I remind us all, God is sovereign in salvation. God did not intend to save every human being in the world. If he did, then they would be saved. Christ did not die for every human being in the world. Christ died for the elect of God, and he finished the work of redemption. The blood of Jesus paid the sin debt for his people. There is nothing that a person can do to be saved except, to, except that the Holy Spirit of God has shown them that they are saved. And that may rock against the historical theological you know, uh, ideologies and philosophies and expressions of how these things should be understood. But beloved, I'm going to tell you now, God has saved his people. The death of Jesus Christ is not something to be looked upon and decided upon. The death of Jesus Christ is a finished redemptive work, a justice being fulfilled, reconciliation with God the Father in an instant. And when we are granted that faith to rest in that promise, to know that proclamation is true and that we are counted in that number, it is because 
God has loved us with an everlasting love and His Spirit has taught us this truth and all the other things that we have thought through all the years, even religiously, that we might have to do in order to be right before God have just melted away. And finally, in that moment of the new birth, we know that the only hope we have is the death of Jesus. And the only promise we have is the promise that His death has satisfied God's wrath for us. And I could go on and on, but... Just remember, beloved, you are blessed in Christ. You are loved eternally, and God's grace is for you, and God's love is for you, and God's purposes are being fulfilled this very day. And so I want to thank you for taking the time to just think about this. If you have questions, you want to talk, you'd like for me to talk about anything specifically related to this, uh, beloved, I'm happy. Just put it in the comments or send me a message, and I'm happy to talk more. This is sort of going to be the format as needed for Theology on Call in the next few months until I get my schedule back on track. But uh, I do want to answer anything that you might have. And I love you all. And please share this video with someone that you think it might be uh, an encouragement to them. And most importantly, please pray for one another. And I look forward to seeing you all very, very soon. Lord bless.